We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. go episode 450 of the Al Galdi podcast it is Saturday November 26 2022 no you are not dreaming you are not still in a food coma from Thanksgiving no you are not hallucinating whatever drugs that you've done over the last few days have worn off it is you it is me And it is the oh-so-rare Saturday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Nice to be with you. Hope that you had a nice Thanksgiving. Hope that you are prepared to talk Washington, D.C. area sports because we have a lot to get to on the show. A big game for the Commanders on Sunday afternoon. Six and five Commanders home to the five and six Atlanta Falcons Sunday afternoon at one. The Commanders have a one-game lead on the Falcons for eighth in the NFC. The Commanders are a half game behind the Seattle Seahawks for the NFC's third and final wild card spot. And the Commanders are just a game behind the New York Giants for the NFC's second wild card spot. You know, as much as I hate seeing the Dallas Cowboys win, their 28-20 win over the Giants on Thanksgiving was a good thing for the Commanders because the Giants are a definite candidate to fade as the season goes on. And if the G-Men are going to fade, let them fade and let the Commanders climb the NFC playoff standings. In-depth preview of Commanders Falcons is forthcoming. Big injury news for the Commanders defense on Friday. And uh, the news was not so good. Uh, I'm also going to get into some key matchups and stats. And I have a lot for you from the Commanders over these last few days, including a number of items regarding the quarterback situation. Uh, Next segment, among the things that I'm going to get into are the way that head coach Ron Rivera is talking about Taylor Heineke. This is becoming impossible to ignore. And where we are with Carson Wentz, as he has been designated to return to practice. And Carson on Wednesday afternoon did a post-practice press conference. You next segment will hear at length from Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz, and you'll also hear from Taylor Heineke. Uh, Is edge defender Chase Young going to make his season debut on Sunday afternoon? Uh, That's actually kind of, sort of, sounding like 
it may happen. Uh, you'll hear from Ron Rivera on that. And I, of course, will give to you my rhyming keys for a commander's win. Also on the show, college football week 13, I have a Goldilocks preview and pick for Maryland, home to Rutgers Saturday at noon. I'll talk Wizards. Uh, two losses for the Wizards at the Miami Heat over the last three days. Uh, Wednesday night, a 113-105 loss at the Heat. Friday night, a 110-107 loss at the Heat. Uh, I'll talk Capitals. A good last three days for the Caps. Two wins. Wednesday night, a 3-2 overtime win over the Philadelphia Flyers at Capital Win Arena. Friday afternoon, a 3-0 win over the Calgary Flames at Capital One Arena. And I'll talk college hoops uh, games over the last three days for number 23, Maryland, Georgetown, number five, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. The Terrapins, Cavaliers, and Hokies all won. The Hoyas did not win. Uh, a 74-70 loss to American at Capital One Arena on Wednesday. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Rick Proctor, writes Rick, I went with no power for nearly four days, still had Galdi, <laughs> now go through Thanksgiving and Black Friday, no Galdi. Hashtag, we want Galdi. I hear you, Rick. I hear you, man. Trust me. I do not like not doing shows. Uh, that's why I'm doing this special Saturday show. But, you know, I get yelled at for not taking more days off. So once in a while, I got to take a day off. And I figure that the holidays are the best days to take off. Uh, email from Dave in Elkton, Maryland, on the Commanders. Rides Dave. For a change, the team formerly known as the Redskins seems to be handling injuries correctly. The team obviously had a strategy for Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas, and they now are producing at high levels. The team isn't rushing players back, and hopefully the Chase Young situation will prove to be further evidence of this. I am psyched about the idea that the already fearsome front of the commanders may be incredible with the return of Chase just in time for a postseason run. Have to be impressed. The team came out focused and ready against Houston after the big road win at Philadelphia. I had sold my Atlanta game to a friend at the beginning of the year, but went and bought two tickets for my daughter and I for the game this Sunday. The team seems to be establishing an identity. Uh, thank you for the email, Dave. Wow, that is quite the endorsement of what's going on with the Commanders. Dave sold his tickets to the Falcons game, but now has purchased two tickets to the game because he wants to go to the game so badly. Team President Jason Wright would be very happy with Dave. Uh, I can promise you that. And I agree with Dave on the point about the handling of injuries. Uh, the situation with receiver Curtis Samuel really stands out. You know, Ron Rivera in a post-training camp practice press conference back on August 1st revealed that Curtis Samuel's, quote, overall football conditioning and shape, end quote, were concerns and that he was dealing with soreness in his hamstrings and lower back off, of course, having had an injury-ruined 2021 season due to groin and hamstring injuries. But Ron also emphasized that there was a plan for Curtis, uh, as devised by the commander's head athletic trainer, Al Bellamy. And the plan did seem to work because Curtis was good to go for the win over the Jacksonville Jaguars at FedEx Field in week one. Uh, Curtis, in fact, wasn't even listed on the commander's injury report in the lead-up to week one, and Curtis has played in all 11 of the Commanders games in the 2022 regular season, and he's having a nice season. Uh, he's third on the team in yards from scrimmage at 645. He's tied for second on the team in rushing slash receiving touchdowns at four. Email from Justin 
on perhaps the real reason that the Commanders have won five of their last six games, writes Justin, when are you going to recognize what really has spurred the Commanders' recent winning? It's none other than the Commanders' song by Oh Goody. Left hand up, Al. Left hand up. Who are we? The Commanders. Please take command of the pod and let the good people know about this treasure. Uh, thank you for the email, Justin. Yes, this has become a thing, uh, this song called Commander's Song. Uh, it is by Oh Goody, features Big 57. Uh, in case you are unfamiliar, here's a clip. Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? The Commanders. 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 We fight for RDC. Who are we? The Commanders. <laughs> there you go. Left hand up. Left hand up. Uh, you know, Ron Rivera was a linebacker for the 1985 Chicago Bears. Uh, the 85 Bears, of course, famously had their own song, the Super Bowl Shuffle. And that song was spectacular. That was one of those things that was so bad it was good, uh, in large part because the song was performed by Bears players. We can only hope that Commander's song becomes the sensation that the Super Bowl shuffle became. Well, the law firm of Paulson and Nace has been fighting for victims since before the 1985 Chicago Bears. Founded in 1979, Paulson and Nace is dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. We have a saying for Paulson and Nace, and the saying rings true. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. No law firm does a better job of fighting for victims than Paulson and Nace does. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases, offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. Chris Nace and Matt Nace, they are dedicated trial attorneys who do not balk in the face of large insurance companies or well-known businesses that have had practices or products that are directly related to the root of your harm. You see, Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who caused clients' harm more than the offers benefit the clients. This is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial, and that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. Heck, take a case that was recently concluded. Paulson and Nace in July won a case for which the United States government must pay nearly $1.8 million. Uh, this to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Paulson and Nace defeated the U.S. government. Again, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Yeah, you're obligated to nothing. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. When you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace 
that Al Galdi sent you. You can schedule that no-obligation appointment by calling 202-902-7611. You can also visit PaulsonandNace.com. That's PaulsonandNace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, this podcast, the Al Galdi podcast, is a success because of you. So thank you. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you're not already doing that, subscribing costs you nothing. And make sure that each episode is automatically downloaded right to your device. Also, ratings and reviews help out the podcast a lot. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a brief review saying, that you like the podcast. The 6-5 and five Commanders, home to the 5-6 and six Atlanta Falcons, Sunday afternoon at 1. Next segment, I'll talk Commanders defense. Right now, Commanders offense. Now, just two Commanders offensive players on the team's 53-man roster have injury designations for this game against the Falcons. That's a good thing. Uh, but one of the designations is out. Uh, receiver and punt returner, Dax Milne, is out for the game due to a foot injury. Uh, You know, Dax for the 2022 regular season is number one in the NFL in punt returns with 30. And so his absence begs the question, well, who is going to return punts for the commanders on Sunday afternoon? Uh, Head coach Rod Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Friday afternoon listed receivers Jahan Dodson and Alex Erickson and corner Danny Johnson as options at punt returner. Uh, Jahan was a very effective punt returner for Penn State. Uh, Jahan, over his four seasons at Penn State, totaled just 19 punt returns, so the sample size wasn't massive, but he ended his Penn State career as the school's all-time leader in career yards per punt return at 17.8. Uh, Alex Erickson has returned a bunch of punts and kickoffs in his NFL career, but he is on the commander's practice squad. He's not on the team's 53-man roster, uh, but he was fielding punts at practice on Friday. Also for the commanders for this game against the Falcons, tight end Logan Thomas is listed as questionable. Uh, he this week has dealt with a rib ailment, uh, also has dealt with illness, but the belief is that he should be able to play on Sunday afternoon. Logan had a nice game in the Commanders' last game, the 23-10 win at the Houston Texans last Sunday afternoon. Five receptions for 65 yards on six targets and playing on 68% of the Commanders' offensive snaps. He came into the game having totaled just 15 receptions over seven games in this 2022 regular season. Uh, Meantime, I want to get into a few things regarding the commander's quarterback situation right now. So this Sunday afternoon's game against the Falcons at FedEx Field will mark the sixth consecutive commander's game for which Taylor Heineke is the team's starting quarterback. Uh, It was last Sunday, November 20th, that we got the news that the team is moving forward with Taylor as its starting quarterback. Although it's not like he has been declared the team's starting quarterback for the rest of the season, he is the team's QB1 for now. Uh, As NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com reported last Sunday morning, quote, as one source explained, Heineke will remain the starting quarterback until he's not. (laughs) In other words, until there is no choice but to make a move end quote. What seems to be the case is that Taylor Heineke will remain as the commander's starting quarterback as long as he plays reasonably well and the team is winning. What has become hard to ignore, though, to me, 
is that Ron Rivera, who obviously made this decision to move forward with Taylor as the team's starting quarterback, isn't talking about Taylor in some effusive way. In fact, Ron at his recent press conferences has been rather blunt about Taylor. Now, Ron certainly has praised Taylor for several things, including the extent to which teammates are drawn to Taylor, but Ron also has made it no secret that Taylor is an up-and-down quarterback and that some of Taylor's success has been hard to explain. Now, on the one hand, you could say, hey, Ron is just keeping it real, yo. And he is. You know, nothing that Ron has said about Taylor has been wrong. But on the other hand, you do wonder if Ron is like just waiting for a reason to bench Taylor and go back to the quarterback for whom Ron traded this past March, Carson Wentz. Carson for this Sunday afternoon's game against the Falcons is set to still be on the reserve injured list. Uh, Ron, during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon, said that for this game against the Falcons, Taylor Heineke will be the commander's number one quarterback, and Sam Howell will be the team's number two quarterback. But also from Ron Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon was an answer to a question about whether the team's passing offense is getting to a point at which the passing offense can lead the way to victory. And what I'm going to do is play the entire exchange for you so you get the full context of what Ron said. Uh, You'll hear the question, which was from Commander's Insider Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington, and then you'll hear Ron Rivera's answer. If there is maybe a game where the, the running isn't there, do you think this passing offense is heading towards a place where it can be the thing that lifts the overall team to a win? I think it can, uh, mostly because of the playmakers we have. Um, you know, we've got a few guys that have shown you that if we put the ball in their catch radius, they're going to go out and make those catches. I mean, you, you, you look at what Terry means to us and Curtis and Jahan, you know, those three guys, if the ball's close, they're going to they're snatch it. Uh, then you look at the, the tight ends that we have and look at their ability to get open. Uh, you know, good examples of what we saw last week from Logan. It was by far his best game of the year. He's starting to look like himself again, like the guy we had a year ago before he got hurt. Um, you know, and you throw Cole into that mix as a young you know, pass receiving uh, tight end Arma- Armani, who we hope we can get back out on the field, is another one of those young tight ends. And then the back combination, and and you've seen what it means when AJ is in space with the ball in his hands as a receiver. So um, I think we have the components. We just got to make sure we can get the ball to them. And uh, you know, with, with Taylor, there's you know, it's uh, you just never know, but uh, you know that it's possible. All right. So how about that? Rod Rivera got asked whether. The commander's passing offense is getting to a point at which the passing offense could lead the way to victory. Uh, Ron predictably said yes, but he talked up the team's receivers, the team's tight ends, and the team's running backs before even mentioning Taylor Heineke. And then Ron said, quote, I think we have the components. We just got to make sure we can get the ball to them. And with Taylor, there's... You just never know, but you know that it's possible, end quote. (laughs) I mean, think about this for a second. Ron Rivera is given a clear opportunity to talk up the passing offense of having just named Taylor Heineke as the team's QB1. Ron launches into talking up the team's receivers, tight ends, and running backs before even mentioning Taylor. And then Ron says, quote, I think we have the components. We just got to make sure we can get the ball to them. And with Taylor, there's you just never know, 
but you know that it's possible, end quote. <laughs> I mean, not exactly a ringing endorsement of Taylor Heineke from Ron Rivera. Take a listen to that portion of the cut again. I think we have the components. We just got to make sure we can get the ball to them. And, uh, you know, with, with Taylor, there's, you know, it's, uh, you just never know. But uh, you know that it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy, you have to wonder if Rod Rivera is going with Taylor Heineke as the commander's starting quarterback. Uh, not so much because Ron wants to, but because Ron feels like he has to. Because the team is winning with Taylor at quarterback. And commander's players have really taken to Taylor. It is tricky with Taylor Heineke, right? Because if you're being objective, you can't deny the great things that he has been doing. But you also can't deny what I have called the Taylor Heineke magic, the Taylor Heineke Kavorka. You know, there has been an element of good luck here, man. And it certainly is possible that the magic, that the Kavorka is going to run out. And Ron Rivera pretty clearly is aware of all of this. Uh, Here was Commander's Offensive Coordinator Scott Turner during his post-practice press conference on Friday afternoon on what Taylor Heineke has to do to remain as the team's starting quarterback. I just think he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we've had some, we have some plays, you know, where he missed some throws or, you know, we've had some negative plays, obviously, that have come up um, just to eliminate those, but just keep playing his game. You know, he doesn't have to do anything, anything special or different, Um, you know, bring the energy that he brings and, and, uh, you know, play smart football. Okay. Uh, As for Carson Wentz, the commanders on Wednesday morning designated Carson to return to practice, uh, beginning a 21-day window by the end of which the commanders must either activate Carson to the 53-man roster or keep him on the reserve injured list for the rest of the season. So Carson still is on the reserve injured list of having suffered a fractured right ring finger. Uh, But Carson on Wednesday afternoon did a post-practice press conference, and he was great in addressing having been demoted from QB1. This was yet another instance of Carson Wentz since being acquired by the Commanders via trade in March, handling tough questions in an ultra-classy, total high-road way. And as I have said, hey, maybe Carson is just a great actor, okay? Maybe he is a total phony, a complete fraud, who's great at faking being a good teammate. Or maybe, just maybe, the guy isn't or is no longer the horrible teammate that he has been made out to be. Uh, This was Carson on Wednesday afternoon on a conversation in which Ron Rivera told Carson that Ron was going with Taylor Heineke as the commander's QB1. Yeah, uh, we had a pretty brief conversation, uh, pretty to the point, and um, it was fine. I, I get it. I get it. This is it's part of the business, and, and I totally understand where we're at as a team and, and everything else. And, um, you know, obviously, as a competitor, you want to be out there. You know, I'd be lying to say, you know, you come to work, you want to play. You know, that's just you grow up, and you, you it's what you sign up for. But um, at the same time, I have a great relationship with Taylor and with all the guys, and um, I've been happy to see him succeed and, and what he's been able to do. And, um, I'm going to do what I can to help and support him and, and be a part of this and stay ready to go because we know this this league's crazy and things happen, and uh, I'll stay ready to go. All right. This was Carson Wentz on Wednesday afternoon on if he expected Rod Rivera to go with Taylor Heineke as the team's QB1 and on how Carson can be a good teammate for Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, it is what it is as far as expecting. You, you, when you're hurt and you're not mentally um, 
going through it all quite the same you know you, you have a lot of thoughts going on and, and you play a lot of scenarios in your head and you, you got to tell them to, to shut up sometimes and just try and be present and focus and um and i did that i did that to the best of my ability and just try to help and be around and, and still be a part of it and um you know i'm gonna still do the same thing going forward now and um you know again i get it i get it and i respect coach's decision but not, i'd be lying if i said i didn't want to be out there and um i'll stay ready to go i mean these are basically perfect answers from Carson Wentz. He is acknowledging that he wants to still be the commander's starting quarterback, but he is in no way expressing bitterness or inciting controversy over no longer being the commander's starting quarterback. And again, maybe he's a giant phony, okay? But maybe, just maybe, he's not the monster that he has been made out to be. Now, the bad reputation that Carson has had as a teammate is rooted in some bad stuff. There's no doubt about that. Uh, maybe the most famous thing is this. Eagles insider Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer this past March came out with a piece that included the following about Carson Wentz in the Eagles' 2017 Super Bowl championship season, uh, during which he suffered a torn left ACL in December 2017, and then saw Nick Foles lead the Eagles to their first ever Super Bowl title. Quote, sometime before the championship game, Wentz voiced his displeasure with the Eagles' success to a group of other injured players, sources with direct knowledge of the incident said. One of the players immediately confronted him, and the two eventually had to be separated. Wentz certainly had his supporters or those that sympathized with the obstacles he faced in Philly. If he was more successful, others would have likely been willing to overlook some of his personality quirks. But the Eagles' pre-draft evaluation didn't place enough emphasis on questionable character traits or that he lacked the mental strength to accept hard coaching and personnel decisions that directly affected him, end quote. Uh, by the way, the player who confronted Carson was then Eagles running back Darren Sproles. Uh, Carson Wentz on Wednesday afternoon had the following exchange with Commander's Insider Matthew Paris of the Washington Times. Do you think you've handled the um, situation with Taylor like better than you would have maybe a year ago or two years ago because of everything that's happened? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Every year, it's you're, you're learning, you're growing. Um, you know, I've seen, I've had really good moments in my career, and moments have I wish I could have back and do maybe di differently, do better. Um, just as a man, as a person, as a leader, all those things. And um, you know, you take it as a, as it comes. You know, as a man of faith, I always believe there's a bigger plan, um, and I just trust uh, that God has me where I'm supposed to be. Whatever that looks like, whatever tomorrow brings, I I never know. I learn in this business and in this game and in life. There's a lot of things out side of our control um and as as a man sometimes that's hard because you want to have control and you want to you know control your destiny and all those things and so for me it's it's all about just having faith and trust and um you know like i said not le letting the circumstances change who i am and what who i am as a person um and still be the same and, and whatever comes my way i'll be ready yeah, Carson Wentz, since being acquired by the Commanders, has admitted to having screwed up in the past. So it does seem like the team has gotten what I had hoped that the team had gotten in Carson, an awakened version of Carson Wentz, a more mature version of Carson Wentz. He seemingly has improved as a person, uh, although, you know, he still does have issues as a quarterback, and we have seen those issues on display this season, although uh, I still maintain that the sample size for Carson as a commander's quarterback really hasn't been much. I mean, just six regular season games, and he has had some good games. 
Uh, by the way, Carson on Thursday hosted Thanksgiving for a number of Commanders players. Uh, yes, Carson, even off having been demoted from QB1, hosted Thanksgiving for a number of Commanders players. Uh, we on Wednesday afternoon had the following exchange between Commanders insider Stephen Wino of the Associated Press and Carson Wentz. A lot of your teammates have said you're hosting Thanksgiving for them tomorrow. What does it mean to you that, that even though you're not starting and healthy, that, that you still are kind of that leader and, and kind of that central focus as a teammate? Because everyone said you've been a great teammate. Yeah. Um, try not to change. Circumstances shouldn't change who you are as a person, you know, wh- whatever that means and whatever that looks like. And um, at the same time, my wife's planned everything for Thanksgiving, so I can take zero credit for that. Um, I'll just show up and eat eat really good. So, um, but no, you know, try not to let the circumstances and the situations change who you are. Just because you're hurt, just because this X, Y, and Z, um, try and be the same person every day, day in and day out. And um, you know, that's what I've tried to do. Yeah, good stuff from Carson Wentz on Wednesday afternoon. Him having been a good teammate to Taylor Heineke was backed up by Taylor himself uh, during Taylor's post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon. He's been really good. Um, he's been in all the meetings. He's been at practice. He's been helping me out a lot. So, um, again, our, our relationship has been great ever since he's gotten here. Um I understand it's it must be tough on him the last several weeks, but you know he's he's put that aside and he's helped me out a lot. So you know it's just it's a lot of credit to him and speaks to you know his character. Okay, and one more for you on Carson Wentz, the human being. Uh, Q and A between Commanders Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post and Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon. How has Carson been just on the sideline and meeting rooms, et cetera? He's been excellent. He really has. He's been a true pro. I mean, when you watch him when he first came back, he, he was, he was you know, he got behind Taylor right away, got behind Sam and, and really helped out in the meetings. He's, he's still very engaged, asking the types of questions that you would ask, you should ask. Um, and if they aren't asked, he'll ask them. Um, you watch him talking with receivers about their routes, talk to the running backs about their angles. I mean, talking to the offense line. He has done a heck of a job being part of it um, and staying engaged and, and very supportive. I mean, it's, um, it's been really good. It has. You know, we over the years have had plenty of problems between Washington quarterbacks, right? Sonny Jurgensen and Billy Kilmer had issues with Joe Theismann. Uh, Doug Williams and Jay Schrader had issues. Robert Griffin III and Kirk Cousins had issues. Uh, there do not seem to be any issues between Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz, and uh, that's a good thing. Well, also a good thing is the work that real estate agent Kellen Hunt can do for you. You know, now actually is a good time to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area. Housing prices are coming down due to an increase in inventory caused by the increases in mortgage rates with others not buying. Now's actually the perfect time to buy. When everyone else is zigging, you should be zagging. Contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L dot com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt understands the Washington, D.C. area real estate market, and he is here for you to listen to what you want, no matter your situation in life. Whether you are a first-time buyer looking for guidance or you have a young family looking for a bigger home or you are ready to retire and or are looking to downsize, 
Kellen Hunt can help you. Kellen Hunt is a real estate agent for real people. He's a great guy and he will listen to you. He's not just some know-it-all. He works for you. He takes in what you're looking for and then gets to work. Smart, attention to detail, creative. Put Kellen Hunt to work for you. And know this, Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing and he wants to help. So visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. You have nothing to lose. See what he can do for you. Visit closeitwithkell.com and book your introductory call with Kellen Hunt. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well. By going with Kel. Visit closeitwithkel.com and tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. If you would like to sponsor the Al Galdi podcast, if you would like to advertise your business or practice on the pod and reach thousands of people every episode at a very affordable price, hit us up. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. The commander's opponent at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon at one, the Atlanta Falcons have a bad defense. Uh, more on that next segment during Rhyming Keys. But the Falcons do have a solid offense and it'll be facing a banged up commander's defense as we on Friday got some bad news on the commander's defense. Now, we on Friday did also get some good news on the commander's defense. Uh, Edge defender Chase Young was listed as questionable for Sunday afternoon's game, so we could see Chase make his 2022 season debut of having been out for the entire season in his recovery from a torn right knee. Uh, Chase had a good day of practice on Wednesday. We'll see how he feels come Sunday. But this was head coach Rod Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Friday afternoon on Chase Young playing on Sunday afternoon. We'll have a good feel, I think, um, this uh, this Sunday. You know, see how he feels. He um, He's had a good day yesterday, uh, Wednesday. A very good day on today. And uh, we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a uh, it was pretty exciting on Wednesday. It really was. So we'll see. All right. But yeah, we on Friday also had the bad news with the commander's defense. Uh, first of all, the commanders on Friday placed linebacker Cole Holcomb on the reserve entered list. Uh, the corresponding roster move was the activation of linebacker Milo Eifler from the reserve injured list. Uh, Cole Holcomb had been inactive for each of the commander's last four games due to a foot injury that has turned out to be a lot worse than previously thought, so much so that Cole was to get a second opinion on the injury. You know, it's a credit to the commander's defense that it has played as well as it has played despite Cole having missed the last four games. And, you know, the defense is going to have to continue to play well without him because He's not coming back anytime soon. Uh, Milo Eifler, our guy Milo, uh, he had been on the reserve entered list since October 8th due to a hamstring injury. The commanders on Tuesday designated him to return to practice. Also from the commanders on Friday, uh, they announced that corner Benjamin St. Juice is out for this game against the Falcons at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. The juice is out for Sunday. Uh, Benjamin St. Juice in the 23-10 win at the Houston Texans last Sunday afternoon hurt his right ankle on the play that resulted in safety Derek Forrest's terrific fourth quarter interception. As you may remember, St. Juice was covering receiver Brandon Cooks. The ball ricocheted into the air and then Forrest made a spectacular diving somersault catch while going out of bounds 
on the left side. Uh, Benjamin St. Juice, he has been the commander's best corner this season. Uh, him being out for Sunday hurts, you know, especially considering that the Falcons do have a capable passing offense. The Falcons for the 2022 regular season through week 11 were number 15 in the NFL in passing offense for football outsiders. DVOA metric. Their starting quarterback, Marcus Mariota, has been arguably the best veteran quarterback who changed teams this past offseason. You know, I mean, you think about it Carson Wentz to the Commanders, Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos, Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts, Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. Marcus Mariota is having the best 2022 season out of all of those guys. Uh, Mariota is 13th among 32 qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in ESPN's total QBR for the 2022 regular season, 57.4 QBRs on a scale of 0 to 100. And Mariota has weapons. Uh, now, the Falcons on Monday did place their stud tight end, Kyle Pitts, on the reserve injured list. That's a big loss for the Falcons, no doubt. But they still have some talented skill position players. Uh, receiver Drake London. Uh, we in the lead up to the 2022 NFL draft talked a good bit about Drake London. Uh, as a potential target of the Commanders. So the Falcons ended up taking London with the number eight pick in the 2022 draft. He was coming off having suffered a season-ending fractured right ankle in USC's 41-34 win over Arizona on October 30th, 2021. Drake London leads the Falcons with 39 receptions, 409 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns, and 65 targets. Uh, another Falcons receiver is Alameda Zacchaeus. Uh, he went to Virginia. He, in the 2022 regular season, has 25 receptions for 374 yards and two touchdowns on just 31 targets, 25 catches on 31 targets. He's averaging 14.96 yards per catch. Uh, how the commanders make up for the absence of Benjamin St. Juice is going to be really interesting. You know, their lack of depth at corner was one of my biggest concerns coming into the season. The team has withstood the flop uh, that ended up being corner William Jackson III and, in fact, has been better without him, with him having been benched and then eventually traded uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers, for whom, by the way, William Jackson III is on the reserve injured list. Uh, the next man up at corner would figure to be Danny Johnson, maybe Rashad Wild Goose. I mean, each guy has played some this season. Johnson has been playing over Wild Goose with Wild Goose having been benched. Uh, Wild Goose for the win at the Texans last Sunday afternoon was inactive for a second consecutive game. Uh, this was off him in the loss to the Minnesota Vikings at FedEx Field in week nine, not playing on any of the commander's defensive snaps, although Danny Johnson for the win at the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football in Week 10 did not play on any of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, the commanders do also have corner Kristen Holmes as an option. Uh, the commanders took him in the seventh round of the 2022 NFL draft at Oklahoma State. He, in this 2022 regular season, has played on just six of the commander's defensive snaps, but he has played on a lot of special team snaps. He, for the 2022 regular season, is second on the commanders in special team snaps. And Holmes is a bigger corner. He's listed as being 6'1 and 205 pounds. Uh, that could help in facing a bigger receiver in Drake London, who's listed as being 6'4 and 213 pounds. Uh, this was Ron Rivera on Friday afternoon. Drake is a guy that you know we, we, we took a nice long look at going into the draft. Obviously, Atlanta had to pick a couple of picks before us, but when you, when you look at you know matchups, those are things you most certainly do think about just because of, 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 of player size and, and abilities. But again, you know we got a lot of confidence in our guys, um, and and again, 
Uh, as far as Christian's concerned, he's a young man that just continually progresses. What's been kind of interesting is, is and, and if you listen to it, people talk about guys that perform and produce on special teams, you know, they have a knack for, for taking themselves to another level. Um, and this is a guy that's been practicing at another level lately, and you know, we've noticed. Interesting to hear Ron Rivera talk about Christian Holmes like that, as Ron did on Friday afternoon. Uh, No Benjamin St. Juice for the Commanders on Sunday is going to put an even greater emphasis on stopping the run. Uh, The Falcons for the 2022 regular season through week 11 were number eight in the NFL in rushing offense per DVOA. Running back Cordero Patterson is averaging 5.3 yards per carry. Running back Tyler Algier is averaging 4.5 yards per carry. And Marcus Mariota is a major run threat at quarterback. The Falcons for the 2022 regular season are third in the NFL in rushing yards per game at 159.4 and are second in the NFL in rushing attempts at 361. The Falcons are a significant test for the commander's run defense, but the good news is that the commander's run defense has been exceptional this season. Uh, the commanders for the 2022 regular season through week 11, number two in the NFL in run defense per DVOA. This was Rod Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon on the team's great run defense, which of course has been led by interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Well, I mean... The, the philosophy is 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 you want to, you want to play vertical you want to play into your creases you want to play vertical and so it kind of the idea and the thought process is you, you play the run on your way to the quarterback you know I, I think we're one of the top teams in, in, in tackles for loss um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, with with how vertical our guys get up front um, and if they can get into the creases they can be very very disruptive as we've seen and, and I think that's you know, I think that's part of it. You know, when you look at those guys, it's not we're not too gapping. We're not grabbing a guy and trying to figure one way or the other. I think they've really bought into to, to the philosophy of this defense of, of what Jack and the uh, defensive guys are preaching. And that is, let's get vertical, let's get after it, and you know, we'll make plays. And you have. Uh, you heard Rod Rivera mention tackles for loss. Jonathan Allen for the 2022 regular season is third in the NFL with 14 tackles for loss. Deron Payne is tied for seventh with 11 tackles for loss. Up next, my rhyming keys for a commander's win over the Falcons on Sunday afternoon, as I will rhyme the path to victory. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the Commanders are 6-5. and five. Uh, This is the team's best record 11 games into a regular season since being 6-5, and five, 11 games into the 2018 regular season. If the Commanders, if the Manders, if the Durs beat the Atlanta Falcons at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon, uh, the Commanders will be 7-5. and five. That would be the team's best record 12 games into a regular season since being 7-5, and five, 12 games into into the 2008 regular season. Six and five commanders versus the five and six Falcons at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at one. How do the commanders get to seven and five? Uh, My friends, it is that time. The time to rhyme. It is time for rhyming keys. My keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion. Oh, these rhymes, they are not meant to be good. Uh, They are only meant to make a few points. And in fact, I have a saying for this segment. The worse the rhyme, the better the time. So let's have a good time. Here we go. Hardcore analysis combined with scheduled fun. Rhyming keys for a commander's win over the Falcons. How do the commanders win this game? We now rhyme the ways. Rhyming key number one. This is for the entire commander's defense. Do not let the dirty birds have their way as you're without BSJ. BSJ, as in Benjamin St. Juice. Uh, He is out for this game due to a right ankle injury that he suffered in the 23-10 win at the Houston Texans last Sunday afternoon. As we discussed last segment, this is a significant absence for the commanders, especially considering that the Falcons passing offense is a quite competent, uh, although the Falcons will be without tight end Kyle Pitts, who the team on Monday placed on the reserve injured list. Uh, the commander's defense has done a good job in being without linebacker Cole Holcomb for the team's last four games due to a foot injury. Uh, well, uh, now the defense has to do a good job despite being without both Cole Holcomb and Benjamin St. Juice of the team on Friday placed Cole on the reserve injured list. Uh, the commander's defense doing well without the juice uh, would figure to require a group effort, right? The defensive back who gets the biggest chunk of St. Juice's defensive snaps needs to play well. Uh, quarter Kendall Fuller has been better lately. Uh, him playing well needs to continue. You know, Kendall for the win at the Texans was the fourth highest graded commanders player for pro football focus. Uh, he registered an overall grade of 82.8. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, Kendall in the game had the early first quarter 37-yard pick six. Uh, the commanders need to continue to get good play from safeties Cameron Curl and Derek Forrest. Need to continue to get solid play from safety slash nickel corner Bobby McCain. Uh, The defensive line needs to continue to be excellent. And linebacker Jamin Davis needs to continue to demonstrate improvement. But this is big. Being without the guy who I believe has been the team's top corner this season, Benjamin St. Juice. And so rhyming key number one, uh, this for the entire commander's defense, do not let the dirty birds have their way 
as you're without BSJ. Rhyming key for Commander's Falcons number two. This is for the entire Commander's offense. Few things this season have come with ease, but you should be able to do well against this defense of Dean Pease. Easy peasy. We shall see. Uh, the commander's offense has done some good things during this stretch of five wins in six games for the team, but the offense remains rather far from what we want. Uh, the commanders in the win at the Texans last Sunday afternoon were facing a terrible defense in that of the Texans, and yet the commander's offense wasn't so good. I mean, the commander's offense ended up being responsible for just 16 points, went just 3 of 13 on third downs, went just 1 of 4 in the red zone. The commanders for the 2022 regular season through week 11 had the following offensive rankings per Football Outsiders DVOA metric. Number 27 in the NFL in total offense. Number 28 in the NFL in passing offense. Number 25 in the NFL in rushing offense. Not so good. However, the Falcons defense is not so good. Uh, the Falcons for the 2022 regular season through week 11 had the following defensive rankings per DVOA. Number 28 in the NFL in total defense. Number 28 in the NFL in pass defense. Number 24 in the NFL in run defense. And the Falcons on Monday placed a key defensive player, interior defensive lineman Taquan Graham on injured reserve. The Falcons defensive coordinator is Dean Pease. Uh, that's probably a name that you recognize. Uh, he was the New England Patriots defensive coordinator from 2006 through 2009. He was the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator from 2012 through 2017. He was the Tennessee Titans defensive coordinator for the 2018 and 2019 seasons. This is Dean Pease's second season as Falcons defensive coordinator. Things aren't going so well. Uh, the Falcons lack defensive talent uh, they this season have been horrendous at generating sacks and generating pressure. The team's third down defense has been bad. Like, there's a lot about this Falcons defense that is bad. And so this should be a game in which the commander's offense can have a good day. But, of course, we felt the same way about the game at the Texans. Uh, still, rhyming key number two, this for the entire commander's offense. Few things this season have come with ease, but you should be able to do well against this defense of Dean Pease. Rhyming key for Commander's Falcons number three. This is for the Commander's kickoff return and punt return coverage teams. You must be savory against Cordero and Avery. I told you that these rhymes are not good, but the Falcons this season have been excellent on kickoff returns and punt returns. The Falcons, as we speak, for the 2022 regular season are number two in the NFL in yards per kickoff return at 27.6 and are number one in the NFL in yards per punt return at 17.4. And the primary reasons for these rankings are running back and kickoff returner Cordero Patterson and corner turned running back Avery Williams who serves as the Falcons' primary punt returner. Uh, Cordero Patterson made NFL history last Sunday afternoon. He had the Falcons' 27-24 win over the Chicago Bears, had a 103-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in the second quarter. That was his NFL record ninth career regular season kickoff return for a touchdown. Avery Williams for the 2022 regular season is number one among all qualified punt returners in the NFL in yards per punt return 
at 17.4. Now, the Commanders' coverage teams have been good this season, but a big test on Sunday afternoon in facing these Falcons' return units. And so, rhyming key number three, this for the Commanders' kickoff return and punt return coverage teams, you must be savory against Cordero and Avery. And one more, it is number four. Rhyming key for Commanders' Falcons number four. This is for the entire Commanders' team. Exact revenge for the name by winning this game. The Falcons' head coach is Arthur Smith. Uh, He is a local. He went to my high school, Georgetown Prep High School in Rockville, Maryland. Uh, Arthur Smith is a former Redskins defensive quality control coach. He served in that role for the 2007 and 2008 seasons. But Arthur Smith also is the son of Fred Smith, who founded FedEx and who was a minority owner of the team from 2003 to 2021, and whose feud with majority owner Dan Snyder resulted in the statement that changed everything for the team. Thursday evening, July 2nd, 2020, FedEx issued the short but massive statement that read, quote, we have communicated to the team in Washington our request that they change the team name, end quote. And nothing, and I mean nothing, has been the same for the team since that statement came out. If not for the feud between Dan Snyder and his three now former minority partners, Fred Smith, Dwight Shaw, and Robert Rothman, That statement from FedEx may well have never come out, and if not for that statement, the name of the team may well still be Redskins. Now, if you're happy that the name of the team is no longer Redskins, then Fred Smith is a hero. But if you wish that the name of the team still was Redskins, uh, well, Arthur Smith's dad probably is not your favorite person. But for the purposes of this game on Sunday afternoon, at yes, FedEx Field, think about that. Rhyming key number four, this for the entire Commander's team, exact revenge for the name by winning this game. All right, it is prediction time. Uh, The Commanders per win bet as of very early Saturday morning were minus four. Uh, I have major concerns about this game. I do. Uh, No Benjamin St. Juice is a big deal. It's also worth noting that the Falcons have been involved in a lot of close games. Seven of the team's 11 games in the 2022 regular season have been decided by four points or less. All of that said, the Falcons being without Kyle Pitts is a big deal. And I'd like to think (laughs) that the commander's offense might just have a decent, if not big, game against what is a bad Falcons defense. And so give me the Commanders minus four. Final score, Commanders 26, Falcons 21, Commanders tight end, Logan Thomas, two touchdown receptions.
All right, let's talk some college football. It is week 13. It is the final full week of the regular season, as next week is championship week, in which we have a conference championship games. Uh, We still do have Navy versus Army. Uh, That'll take place at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia on Saturday afternoon, December 10th at 3. But in terms of Goldilocks, my previews and picks against the spreads for Maryland Navy, Virginia Tech, and Virginia, I only have one. Goldilock for you this week. Uh, no game for Navy until that game against Army on December 10th. Uh, the Virginia Tech-Virginia game for Saturday got canceled uh, off the tragedy for the University of Virginia on November 13th. Uh, but we do have Maryland home to Rutgers Saturday at noon. The Terrapins per FanDuel as of a very early Saturday morning were minus 14 and a half. Uh, the Terps are 6-5 and five overall and 3-5 and five in the Big Ten. They, with a win, will get to seven wins in a regular season for the first time since 2014. Uh, the Terps are coming off an impressive showing in a 43-30 loss to then number two, Ohio State, at CQ Stadium in College Park, Maryland, last Saturday. Terps quarterback Talia Tungavailoa off two consecutive terrible games uh, played quite well and did so against a really good defense in Ohio State's the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, they are four and seven overall and one and seven in the Big Ten. Uh, Rutgers for this season through Week Twelve was one hundred fourteenth out of 131 FBS teams in offensive efficiency per the SP Plus rankings of ESPN college football analyst Bill Codley. Rutgers is not good. Maryland has a chance to put an exclamation mark on what has been a step forward regular season. Give me the Turtles minus 14 and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Yes, thank you, Snoop Dogg. Uh, also on Saturday, Liberty, home to New Mexico State, Saturday at noon. James Madison, home to Coastal Carolina, Saturday at noon. And Old Dominion at South Alabama, Saturday at noon. Well, if you are sick of watching the Wizards play the Miami Heat, you are not alone. Uh, Three of the Wizards' last four games have been against the Heat, including two consecutive games at the Heat. Wednesday night, a 113-105 loss at the Heat. Friday night, a 110-107 loss at the Heat. So the Wizards have lost two consecutive games since winning six to seven games. So the Wizards now are 10 and nine. A lot of key players were out for both teams over these two games for the Wizards at the Heat. Uh, Monte Morris and Rui Hachimura did not play over these two games due to right ankle soreness. Uh, Each guy now has missed each of the Wizards' last three games. Uh, Also, the Wizards on Wednesday night were without Bradley Beal due to a right thigh contusion that he suffered in a 106-102 win over the Charlotte Hornets at Capital One Arena last Sunday evening. And the Wizards still are without DeLon Wright due to a grade two right hamstring strain that he suffered in a 120-99 win over the Detroit Pistons at Capital One Arena on October 25th. We this week have received a DeLon Wright update of the Wizards this past Tuesday morning announced that Wright, quote, was recently reevaluated and cleared to begin individual on-court basketball activities. He will be reevaluated in three weeks, end quote. 
But the Heat for each of the last two games against the Wizards was without four key players. Uh, Jimmy Butler did not play due to right knee soreness. Max Struess did not play due to a right shoulder impingement. Duncan Robinson did not play due to a spread left ankle. And Victor Oladipo, the local, who went to DeMatha Catholic High School in Hyattsville, Maryland, he did not play due to left knee tendinosis. Uh, the Wizards, in their loss at the Heat on Wednesday night, did overcome a 21-point third-quarter deficit. The Wizards trailed by 21 points in the third quarter at 66-45, then went on a 51-28 run to take a two-point lead in the fourth quarter at 96-94, but the Wizards then lost the rest of the game 19-9. The Wizards, in their loss at the Heat on Friday night, blew a 12-point first quarter lead. Uh, The Wizards had two different games defensively over these two losses at the Heat. The Wizards on Wednesday night allowed the Heat to go 16 of 41 on threes, but did hold the Heat to just 23 of 52 on twos. The Wizards allowed Tyler Hero in the second half to be a hero. Uh, Hero in the second half went 5 of 9 on three, scored 17 points, which was his point total for the game. He went scoreless in the first half. The Wizards on Friday night did a good job in terms of the Heat shooting threes, held the Heat to just 7-26 on threes, but allowed the Heat to go 31 of 55 in the paint and got outscored in the paint 62-46. Yeah, the Wizards on Friday night allowed the Heat to score 62 paint points, and the biggest reason for that, Bam Adebayo. The Wizards on Friday night got shredded by Bam Adebayo. He, in 35 minutes, 18 seconds as a starter, had 38 points, 12 rebounds, including three offensive boards and three assists versus no turnovers. He went 15 of 21 on twos, 0-1 on threes, and 8 of 8 on free throws. Uh, Bradley Beal on Friday night was back, and he was good. Uh, Beal, in 37 minutes, 48 seconds as a starter, went 4-7 on threes, 7-13 on twos, and 2-3 on free throws. He finished with 28 points, 5 assists versus 1 turnover, 5 rebounds, including 2 offensive boards, and three blocks. Yeah, Beal on Friday night, three blocks. But, you know, the Wizards overall have not been shooting threes well. The Wizards on Wednesday night went just 10 of 38 on threes, and the Wizards on Friday night went just 11 of 39 on threes. Beal was good on threes on Friday night. Like I said, four of seven, but Wizards players not named Bradley Beal on Friday night when it combined seven of 32 on threes. Uh, Kyle Kuzma and Chris Amps Porzingis, they have been doing some good things, but those guys have not been shooting well on threes. Uh, Kuzma on Wednesday night in 39-58 as a starter, just a two of 13 on threes. Uh, also went just five of seven on free throws, but he also went 11 of 14 on twos, finished with 33 points and seven rebounds. Kuzma on Friday night, 38-52 as a starter, just three of 10 on threes, but he also went eight of 12 on twos, three of three on free throws, finished with 28 points, seven rebounds, including three offensive boards and five assists versus three turnovers. Chris Stamps Porzingis on Wednesday night, 33-09 as a starter, just two and nine on threes, just three of six on free throws. And he committed three turnovers, but he also went six to 10 on twos, finished with 21 points, nine rebounds, and four assists. And Porzingis on Friday night, 35-52 as a starter, just one of four on threes, just six of 14 on twos. But he also went three of three on free throws, finished with 18 points, seven rebounds, and two blocks. Also, Denny Avdia on Wednesday night uh, nearly had a triple-double. Avdia in 40-36 as a starter, 12 points, 10 assists, and nine rebounds, including three 
offensive boards. Uh, he also had two blocks. He did commit four turnovers. He went one of three on threes, four of seven on twos, and one of one on free throws. Uh, Avdia on Friday night, 30-42 as a starter, 0 of four on threes, four of six on free throws, did go two of four on twos. He finished with eight points, nine rebounds, five assists, versus three turnovers and two blocks. Next up for the Wizards, another tough game at the Eastern Conference leading Boston Celtics, Sunday evening at six. Well, whereas the Wizards have lost two games over the last three days, the Capitals have won two games over the last three days. Uh, A good last few days for the Caps. You know, they had lost four consecutive games, had recorded just two wins in 11 games, but the Caps got themselves two victories over the last three days. Uh, Wednesday night, a 3-2 overtime win over the Philadelphia Flyers at Capital One Arena. Friday afternoon, a 3-0 win over the Calgary Flames at Capital One Arena. The Caps now are 9-10-3. Great to see winger TJ Oshie back. Uh, The Caps this season have been slammed by injuries, but at least Oshie is back and he has been productive. You know, he in the overtime win over the Flyers returned from an 11-game absence caused by a lower body injury that he suffered in a 3-0 win at the Nashville Predators on October 29th. And Oshie has hit the ground running. He on Wednesday night had two secondary assists, a game-high tying seven hits, three shots on goal, and two block shots. And then Oshie in the shutout of the Flames on Friday afternoon had a first-period even-strength goal, a primary assist, a game-best plus-minus rating of plus two, eight total shot attempts, two block shots, and two hits, and he finished number three on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 52. Uh, The Caps with Oshie on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 13 shot attempts versus allowing 12 shot attempts. TJ Oshie is what you call a winning player. He does so many different things that contribute to winning. And it's no coincidence that the Caps are 2-0-0 since he came back. Uh, Still out for the Caps due to injury are defenseman Dmitry Orloff and five forwards, Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, Connor Brown, Carl Hagelin, and Beck Malenstein. But also producing for the Caps over the last two games has been winger Alex Ovechkin. Uh, Ovi, in the overtime win over the Flyers on Wednesday night, scored the game-winning even-strength goal 104 into overtime. Uh, He scored on a one-timer from the left circle. He also had the primary assist on forward Marcus Johansson's first-period power play goal. And Ovechkin had four shots on goal and nine total shot attempts. And then Ovechkin and the shutout of the Flames on Friday afternoon Noon had a third period power play goal, a secondary assist, and five hits. He did commit a first period high sticking penalty. But also on Friday afternoon, it was a tremendous goal from center of Genny Kuznetsov. Uh, he had a great second period even strength goal, also had a game high three takeaways. He did go just one and 10 on faceoffs. You know, that is Kuzi's thing, struggling on faceoffs. Uh, the goal, though, was really impressive. Kuznetsov, on his goal, skated the puck from the neutral zone into the Caps' offensive zone, and then in, in a one-on-three breakaway, yeah, one-on-three, skated the puck into the slot, and then as he was falling down, somehow got off a shot that beat Flames goaltender Jacob Barkstrom. 
Uh, as for the Caps goaltender, Darcy Kemper, uh, he was a Caps starting goaltender for both of these wins. Uh, Kemper in the overtime win over the Flyers on Wednesday night stopped 21 of the 23 shots on goal that he faced, although he per natural stat trick gave up a goal on a low danger shot on goal. But Kemper on Friday afternoon pitched a shutout. Uh, he was really good. He stopped all 32 of the shots on goal that he faced in this game against the Flames. Uh, this was Kemper's second shutout of the 2022-2023 regular season. Uh, Kemper, per natural stat trick, stopped all nine of the high-danger shots on goal that he faced. And, you know, the Caps in the first period got walloped in the puck possession battle, but Kemper in that first period stopped all 15 of the shots on goal that he faced. Kemper was really good on Friday afternoon. We during Caps head coach Peter Laviolette's postgame press conference on Friday afternoon had the following exchange with Caps insider Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic. How important is it to have a veteran like like Darcy back there who, you know, he said last game he allowed, allowed a couple bad goals. He just yeah. reset and got right back in the net. Yeah. I mean, I thought he did an excellent job. We yeah. talked after the game the next day, and he was he was disappointed. And, you know, it's always oftentimes, you know, through the course of the season, it's your goalie who bails you out in different ways. It was nice that the team got it done and we were able to win a hockey game. But in the same sense, you know, I think a veteran goalie like that that's been around and knows how to be successful successful. He came in with a purpose today and he played really well. Yeah, very nice to see Darcy Kemper on Friday afternoon play like the franchise goaltender who the Caps signed him to be. I mean, when the Caps gave Kemper that big money unrestricted free agent contract this past July, it was a performance like Friday afternoons that you had in mind for Darcy Kemper as a Cavs goaltender. And, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast. Kemper has not had a great month of November, but uh, he was really sharp on Friday afternoon. The Caps were good on special teams in each of these two wins over the last three days. So the Caps had the overtime win over the Flyers on Wednesday night, 4-4 on the penalty kill and 1-3 on the power play. And the Caps in the shutout of the Flames on Friday afternoon, 2-2 two two on the penalty kill and 1-2 on the power play. So good stuff from the Caps in what has been a tough season so far. And uh, next up for the Caps is something else that's tough a season-long six-game road trip beginning with a game at the New Jersey Devils Saturday night at 7. And let's talk some college basketball. Maryland, Georgetown, Virginia, and Virginia Tech all in action over the last three days. Uh, the Terrapins, Cavaliers, and Hokies all won. The Hoyas did not win. Uh, number 23, Maryland, though, now is 6-0. and uh, A 95-79 win over Coppin State at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland on Friday afternoon. Coppin State's head coach is Terps legend Juan Dixon. You hate to do Juan like that, but uh, such is life. Uh, the Terps won despite going just 4-21 on threes, but the Terps did go 29-47 on twos. Outscored Coppin State in the paint. 54-34. Terps also went 25-32 on free throws. Uh, the Terps had 18 offensive rebounds to Coppin State's six and thus 26 second chance points to Coppin State's nine. But how about that Maryland point total? 95 points. The Terps under their new head coach, Kevin Willard, are playing with 
pace and scoring points. And this is so refreshing off what the Terps were offensively under their previous non-interim head coach, Mark Turgeon. Uh, The Terps on Friday afternoon had three players, each with at least 20 points in a game for the first time in more than 20 years, March 3rd, 2002, when, yes, Juan Dixon, Chris Wilcox, and Lonnie Baxter each scored at least 20 points in a 112-92 win over Virginia in what was the Terps' last game ever at Cole Fieldhouse in what ended up being the Terps' national championship season. A big game for Julian Reese on Friday afternoon. He, in just 25 minutes as the starter, had 24 points, 10 rebounds, including seven offensive boards and two blocks. He did have no assists versus two turnovers, and he did commit five fouls and did go four or seven on free throws, but Reese went 10 of 12 from the field, all twos. Uh, Hakeem Hart on Friday afternoon, 35 minutes as a starter, two of four on threes, five of seven on twos, six of seven on free throws. He finished with 22 points, eight rebounds, including four offensive boards, two steals, and two assists versus one turnover. And point guard Jameer Young, graduate transfer from Charlotte. He went to DeMatha Catholic High School in Hyattsville, Maryland. He on Friday afternoon, 32 minutes as a starter, 0 of 5 on threes, but also 6 of 11 on twos, 9 of 10 on free throws. He finished with 21 points, 5 assists versus 1 turnover, and 5 rebounds. Next up for the Terps at Louisville, Tuesday night at 7 in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, number 5, Virginia. It improved to 5-0 and with a 72-45 blowout of Maryland Eastern Shore at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia on Friday evening. The Cavaliers held Maryland Eastern Shore to just 3 of 18 on threes. Jaden Gardner in just 25 minutes, 1 second as a starter, 26 points. He went 12 of 15 from the field. All twos did go just 2 of 5 on free throws. Next up for the Cavs at Michigan Tuesday night at 9.30 in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And also winning on Friday night was Virginia Tech, though the Hokies had to battle. Uh, they improved to 6-1 with a 69-64 win over Charleston Southern at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia. The game was close throughout, but Tech ended the game on a 5-0 run. Uh, the Hokies won despite struggling in terms of shooting in the second half. Tech in the second half just 1-8 of eight on three. Just 10 of 23 on twos and just 9 of 13 on free throws. But the Hokies shot well in the first half. Very nice game for Justin Mutz. Uh, he in 36 minutes as a starter, 0 of 2 on threes and just 5 of 7 on free throws, but also 6 of 9 on twos. And he finished with 17 points, 9 rebounds, including 3 offensive boards and 5 assists versus 1 turnover. Uh, next up for Tech, home to Minnesota, Monday night at 7 in the Big Ten. ACC Challenge. And then there is Georgetown, uh, which fell to 3-3 three and three overall with a 74-70 loss to American at Capital One Arena on Wednesday. Yeah, Georgetown lost to American on Wednesday. Not that American is some nothing happening program, okay? AU is a more than respectable program, but still, Georgetown is supposed to beat American. I mean, this was American's first win over Georgetown since December 15th, 1982. Let me repeat that. This was American's first win over Georgetown since December 15th, 1982. 
And understand that it's not like the two schools rarely play each other. The Hoyas came into the game on Wednesday 45-10 and all-time against American. Uh, the game started at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, the Hoyas blew a 16-point first-half lead and a 40-30 halftime lead. Man, Georgetown already this season has blown so many significant leads. The Hoyas began their season with a 99-89 overtime win over Juan Dixon's Coppin State at Capital Win Arena on November 8th. The Hoyas in that game blew a five-point lead with less than 20 seconds left in regulation. Uh, Georgetown last weekend went 1-1 one one in the Jersey Mike's Jamaica Classic. The Hoyas on November 18th got routed by Loyola Marymount 84-66 in Jamaica. The Hoyas blew a 42-32 halftime lead as they lost the second half 52-24. Then the Hoyas last Sunday afternoon, November 20th, defeated LaSalle 69-62 in Jamaica. But the Hoyas in that game blew a 41-21 halftime lead, then ended the game on a 7-0 run. Georgetown this season is blowing significant leads left and right. Uh, the Hoyas on Wednesday in this home loss to American in a second half that they lost 44-30 were horrible. The Hoyas in the second half went just 3 of 11 on threes, just 4 of 17 on twos, and just 13 of 20 on free throws. The Hoyas in the second half allowed American to go 4 of 9 on threes and 12 of 18 on twos. Uh, the Hoyas lost despite having 21 offensive rebounds to Americans 9. Uh, Patrick Ewing <laughs> is so lucky that he's still Georgetown's head coach. Remember, the Hoyas last season went 6-25 and overall and 0-20 in the Big East and lost their last 21 games. This is Patrick's sixth season as Hoyas head coach. He's made the NCAA tournament just once in five seasons as Hoyas head coach. And that one season was a 2020-2021 season in which the only reason that the Hoyas made the NCAA tournament was a miracle run to win the 2021 Big East Tournament. Uh, next up for Georgetown, home to UMBC, Saturday at noon. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 451, will feature in-depth reaction to and analysis of whatever happens with the six and five commanders in their game against the five and six Atlanta Falcons at FedEx Field Sunday afternoon at one. I'll talk college football week 13, Maryland home to Rutgers Saturday at noon, Liberty home to New Mexico State Saturday at noon, James Madison home to Coastal Carolina Saturday at noon, Old Dominion at South Alabama Saturday at noon. On Monday's show, we'll talk Wizards. Uh, they are at the Eastern Conference leading Boston Celtics Sunday evening at six. On Monday's show, we'll talk Capitals. They are at the New Jersey Devils Saturday night at seven in game one of a season-long six-game road trip. And on Monday's show, We'll talk Georgetown basketball. Uh, the Hoyas are home to UMBC Saturday at noon. Have a great rest of your Saturday. Have a nice Sunday, and I'll talk to you on Monday. I think we have the components. We just got to make sure we can get the ball to them. And um, you know, with, with Taylor, there's you know, it's, uh, you just never know, but uh, you know that it's possible. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.